19, we're going to try to get another hallelujah in here. And I, I don't know how to describe last Sunday night, but uh, I don't know. It, wave after wave of glory rolled in here. And God reached down and saved a bunch in that section right over there. And uh, amen. That may not be the only one in that section, Daniel, that needs to get right with God. Who knows? But I'll tell you, we shouted it out Sunday night. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, God was so good to us. and People being saved, people being born again, young people getting their lives straightened out. And uh, I was thinking Sunday night, uh, those gals were singing. And I, you know, I started preaching last week on the four hallelujahs of Revelation 19. And only got to one of them because they were thanking and praising God for salvation. And that's as far as we got. But if the only reason you have to thank God for is you're saved, that's a good one. Because I'll tell you, if God would have left, to, if God would have left us to ourselves, we'd been a mess. But aren't you glad when justice called, mercy answered. Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. It has been called the four hallelujahs of Revelation. And not to dig back too far from last week, but remember now the word hallelujah, spelt with an H, that English word is not in the Bible. It is the Hebrew spelling of the phrase, praise the Lord. So if you were reading a Hebrew Bible and you saw the word hallelujah, that means Praise the Lord. Twenty-four times in Psalms you'll find the phrase, praise you the Lord. But the actual word hallelujah is not in there, but its meaning is praise you the Lord. It's the Hebrew spelling of praise you the Lord. So when I say praise you the Lord, I want you to say hallelujah. When I say uh, hallelujah, I want you to say praise you the Lord. All right, hallelujah. Praise you the Lord. Amen. Don't that make you feel good? But when you come to the New Testament, Revelation 19, you find a word called Alleluia. Alleluia. Four times in Revelation 19. Alleluia with an A. And you say, well, what is the difference? Well, the only difference is Alleluia is the Greek Latin spelling of the English word Hallelujah. They both mean praise the Lord. So whether you want to do an Old Testament version and say hallelujah, or you want to do a New Testament version and say hallelujah, just make sure you're praising the Lord. Now, if you are from where me and my wife is from, up in Virginia, North Carolina, it'd be hallelujah and hallelujah. Because in the mountains, everything ends in an E-R. Where are you from, son? Atlanta. Where'd you move here from, Virginia? Where's your wife from, North Carolina? Well, what do you got to say? Hallelujah. That's just the way it is. But, man, aren't you glad there's something to say hallelujah about? And aren't you glad there's something to say hallelujah about? So if you got a friend that says hallelujah, or you got a friend that says hallelujah, just join them. And say, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. And it's mentioned four times in six verses 
of chapter 19. And there were four reasons why all of heaven broke out in audible, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. Last week we looked at the very first one in verse number one. They're saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord, because his plan has been revealed. Because it said, hallelujah, and the first word after that is salvation. And I've often wondered why that the first time they broke out in praise to the Lord, they were praising God for salvation. Well, that's easy. That's how they got there. And that's why they're going to be able to stay there. And if anybody makes it to heaven, you've got to be saved. And the only reason why you can live forever in that land is because of salvation. Worthy is the Lamb of God for the salvation He provided, the salvation He purchased, the salvation He planned, and the salvation that He performed. Hallelujah for salvation. God's plan is revealed. I want to come today, I'm going to try to get the rest of these three and just mention them and then we'll say, well, you're sharp today. Verse number two, they're praising the Lord because his persecutors have been removed. Those that fought against the Lamb of God have been removed. Notice what he said in verse number two, for true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Verse 3 said with me. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. You say, well, Brother Joe, that verse sounds kind of vindictive. It sounds cruel. No, ladies and gentlemen, there is coming a day when every voice that was lifted against God and every God-given breath that was used to blaspheme God and every philosophy and every religion and every persecutor that's attacked God, His deity, His Son, the Lord Jesus, and blasphemed His Holy Spirit, they may have the microphone today. They may have the front and center of the news blogs today. But according to this text, one day those who persecuted the Lamb of God and the holiness of God and the glory of God, they will be removed. There will come a day, ladies and gentlemen, that every voice that ever blasphemed God will be silenced. Every religion and every philosophy that attacked God and the Lamb of God will not make it. It will not be here. And I don't know how you are, but when I'm at the airport or a restaurant or at Walmart or in some public place, And, you know, today we praise the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. I preach in the name of Jesus. Some of us shout in the name of Jesus. But when I'm in those public places and I hear the name Jesus, the name God, the name Christ, used in swearing and used in cursing and used in uh, profanity, 
Boy, that bothers me. That, that grieves my spirit. Often I have spoken up and said, Hey, don't talk about my best friend that way. And you know what amazes me? The very people that say you and I are mentally challenged because we believe in this quote-unquote mystical Christ, Jesus, God Almighty. They must believe in him a little bit as much as they use his name to blaspheme and swear and profane his name. You see, down deep in their heart, they know that God is real. They know that Jesus is real. But because of their sin and because of their rebellion, they're angry, they're mad. Because they know one day they will give an account of the life that they lived and the God that they rejected. So they take out their rejection and their rebellion and their anger. And they curse and they swear and they lampoon and they blast the holy name of God and the holy name of Jesus Christ. And may I say to you today, the name God, the name Lord, the name Jesus Christ, it is not a byword. It is not a swear word. It is not a profane word. In fact, it is a holy name that is above every name. It is a perfect name. It is a sinless name. It is a sovereign name. It is a kingly name. It's a princely name. And by the way, my Bible said one day that every knee in earth and every knee under the earth and every knee in heaven is going to bow to that name and say, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I want to suggest to everyone that's listening to my voice today, whether you're here or listening by the worldwide internet, whatever philosophy, whatever religion you've hooked your train to that blasphemes the name of God and lampoons the name of Jesus Christ, you better swap that off today and trade that off today and trust Jesus Christ who is the living Savior because one day there'll be no voice blaspheming God. There will be no philosophy denying the existence of God. All of heaven breaks out in audible praise because the persecutors of the Lamb have been removed. They better enjoy having the microphone now because one day their diabolical blaspheming profane voice will be silenced and the praises of God will go up forever and forever. The devil that persecuted him the devil that shamed the name of God, the right of the name of Jesus, who leads all the rest of the rebellion against the truth of God. Ladies and gentlemen, he is not going to be in heaven. He will never blaspheme God again. He'll never persecute another child of God again. Ladies and gentlemen, there's coming a day where every evil voice, every evil scheme, every evil philosophy against the holiness of God and the glory of God and the Son of God will be removed and the only sounds will be those that are saying worthy, hallelujah praise the Lord, I don't know about you today, but that's something to shout about know that his plan will be revealed, his persecutors will be removed but I want you to notice a little phrase at the end of verse 2 and 3 listen to this, the third reason they're praising him 
Listen to this. His people have been revenged. His people have been revenged. Verse 1, they're hallelujahing the fact that he saved us. Verse 3, they're saying hallelujah because the persecutors have been removed. But I want you to notice a little line in the last part of verse 2. And have avenged the blood of his servants at their hands. Look in verse number 4. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, brother, when I thought his plan had been revealed was pretty big. And then I saw where his persecutors had been removed was pretty big. When I saw that little phrase in verse number two, that his people are being revenged, boy, that got a hold of me. And notice the words he uses. Those ungodly people, those false religions that have spilt the blood of God's servants. You write down somewhere in the margin of the Bible, every person that was murdered because of their faith and their testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ, And by the way, I know we live in a society that lampoons history. And let me tell you why the devil is so out into lampooning our history. If you forget where you come from and how you got there, you won't appreciate it. And if you don't appreciate it, they can lead you anywhere they want you to go. And you listen to me today, the flag is not their problem. A philosophy is not their problem. A statue of somebody that's dead is not their problem. You say, well, why does everybody seem to be wanting to cut off from their heritage, who they are and how they got here? I'm telling you, because history reminds us that the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and the lights is on and the door is open and the word of God is plenteous because there has been a generation that went before us they did more than go to church they did more than publicly praise the Lord they put their life on the line and they were burned at the stake they were fed to lions they were beheaded they were murdered history runs thick with the blood of God's people that's given our life for religious freedom but ladies and gentlemen I don't want to take for granted somebody died and I could go to church today somebody died so I could have my own personal Bible today number one Jesus died so I could be saved but aren't you thankful for every woman every man every boy every girl that was in change that burnt that was burnt at the stake and filleted with knives and fed the lions and destroyed because they would not compromise they would not bow they would not bend and ladies and gentlemen one day every single hand that's ever martyred or shed the blood of a child of God because of their faith, they will not be there. God will revenge the blood of his people. Every king, every emperor, every imperial, every authority, every political system that has the blood of Christians on their hand. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said that the earth will 
would open up and the smoke of her torment goes up forever and ever and when heaven saw his people had been revenged they broke out and said hallelujah praise ye the Lord I'm telling you something you're about to line up with God and his people because I've read the back of the book we're on the winning side. Well, if I bog in here, we're not going to finish this, but let me just touch it in passing. I want you to go home today and I want you to Google this little pamphlet called A Trail of Blood, written by Dr. Carroll. If you're an average fifth or sixth grade reader, you can read it in probably less than an hour. You read that book and you come back and tell me that you don't have a greater appreciation for our Bible and our church than you didn't read the same one that I'm talking about. I want to tell you there's been generations after generations after generations that gave everything they had that we may have a copy of the Word of God. That's why I would never, as an American, take for granted my religious freedom. And by the way, there is a system at work in America. They would take that from us if they thought they could without a fight. And the more of these pansies we raise, and the more of these ungrateful people we raise, one day they'll take it from them because they don't appreciate what they got. But until this point, I believe there are some folks in this room today. You love your church. You love the Bible. You love the name Jesus Christ. You love the title of being a Christian. And I think we need to stand and hold our Bibles and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And the persecutors have come, and the persecutors have gone. Hey, but ladies and gentlemen, one day the church will stand on the sunny banks of sweet deliverance. And every force, every philosophy, every emperor, every imperial that has spilled the blood of God's people. The Bible said the smoke of her torment rose up forever and ever. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. God is not going to even the score. He's going to win the game. Boy, I thought about all of those old timers in the dark ages when the popes were murdering the Baptists by the thousands. I thought about all of those martyrs that went at the stake because they wanted the public, they wanted the, they wanted the, the laity, the regular folks like you and I to have our own Bible. They, they didn't think some man ought to tell us what it said. They thought we could read it and have the privilege to read it for ourselves. How many of you got your Bible with you this morning? Hold it up real high. Let me tell you what you've got in your hand. You have a book called the Word of the Living God. 
and the blood flows like a river from our martyr forefathers and foremothers that we may have a copy of this book. But I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, every Queen Mary and every King Caesar and every emperor and everyone that's put their hands on the people of God and shed the blood of the martyrs. In fact, I'm thinking about today those little boys and girls of the Columbine High School not very many years ago right here in our country where that wild gunman took that Glock 9mm and went up to a little girl who claimed to be a Christian and lived a Christian life and he took her to the uh, lunchroom in front of all of her peers. And they're all hiding. They're all scared. And that demon-possessed man put the safety off of that Glock 9mm. And he pulled it to the head of that little girl in the ninth grade at the Columbine High School. And said, renounce Jesus Christ. And I'll let you live. You renounce Jesus Christ. And I will let you live. And that little girl in that cafeteria said, I cannot renounce Jesus Christ. He did not renounce me on his way to the cross. And he shot her and her brains got out on the floor of the cafeteria. And a few days after that, they buried her little body. You listen to me, there's going to be a day when every drop of that little girl's blood and everybody else that was shed of the hands of the martyrs, God's going to revenge that. God's going to gather that. And let me just say this for us who have never had that kind of persecution yet. For us who've never been treated like that yet. I want to say all the other hang-ups, all the other persecutions, all the other problems, all the other setbacks that you and I have had to go through living the Christian life. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get to heaven and see Jesus, God's going to revenge it all. It'll all be gone. It'll be worth every mile of the trip. And I know I'm going to say it then, but I just want to say it now and get in practice. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. His plan is revealed. His persecutors are removed. And His people have been revenged. And God's going to do more than even the score. He's going to win the game. I want to close with this one. Hallelujah number four. Look, if you will, in verse number six. His plan has been revealed. His persecutors have been removed. His people have been revenged. Now look in verse number six. His praises are now resounding. Notice verse, let's just look verse number five. Had a voice out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him both small and great. Verse six. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. Hallelujah. And as the voice of many waters. And as the voice of mighty thunderings. Somewhere in the margin of your Bible, write down, loud, long, and lasting. It sounds like to me that's loud, long, and lasting. Can I read the description of our shout one more time? The voice of a great multitude, the voice of many waters, the voice of mighty thundering saying, said with me, Hallelujah. What's that mean? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here's why. You ready? 
For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. You say, what does that great big word omnipotent mean? You ready? Ain't nobody like him. He has no equal and he has no superior. You, me and my wife were talking about this last night. You've got good and then you got great and then you got best, right? Well, that was good. No, that was great. No, that was the best. Then she said, baby, where we're from, there's two more steps, the bestest and the goodest. But can I say Jesus is good? But can I say Jesus is great? And can I say he is not only good, he is not only great. He's the best. Now, somebody with a more profound vocabulary than mine, please help me. I want to adequately describe this lamb that sits on the throne. I want to give you a good reason why all of heaven has broken out in this audible praise. And I would say because he's good. I would say because he's great. Uh, I would say because he's the best. But somebody yell at me. Give me a word that's Better than best. Perfect. That's good. Come on, somebody give me a word better than best and perfect. Almighty, that's a good one. That's good, Tim. Uncomparable. All-powerful. Majestic. Worthy. We're doing good. Your daddy would say it like this, Tim. Wow. Boy, one night at the old church, we had one of them Holy Ghost meetings. My daddy was sitting on this side. Tim's daddy was sitting on this side. Beside him was Carlos Chapman. And old brother uh, Pate was over there rocking on the other side. And Papa Jack was a crying. And man, listen, it got on. We... We, we said hallelujah, we said praise the Lord, we said glory to God. We, we said every religious phrase that we knew. I even heard somebody say hallelujah, I, I'm telling you. And, but we, did, we, we were still happy, we were still caught up in the glory. And finally I looked at Brother uh, Tim's dad, Brother Clarence, I said, Brother Clarence, we've said praise the Lord, we've said hallelujah, we've said glory to God, we've said thank you Jesus, we've said amen. I said, what else is there left to say? And that old man leaned across that pew and said, wow. And I just wonder, is anybody in this room today besides me, wow, at the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ, and the majestic glory of Jesus Christ. 
Yes, He is good. Yes, He is greater. Yes, He is the best. And all of the other terms we mention. But if you really want to know the truth about it, there's not a term in our language down this side of the cemetery that can really describe the glory and the greatness of our God. So let's just use the word that heaven used. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. His praises are resounding. And here it is. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. No one will ever pull the crown off of his head. No one will ever impeach him from his office. No one will ever tear up the papers of his speech. (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And I'll give you this in closing. You read the gospel of Matthew. It covers how he was born in that little sleepy village of Bethlehem. How he spent those silent years in the carpenter shop. They take you down by the river Jordan where he's baptized. And the Holy Ghost descends on him like a dove. And God thunders from the glory world. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you follow him for the next three and a half years as... There's no sin that he can't forgive. There's no disease that he can't heal. He even raises the dead from their graves. And one day he's going into Jerusalem. And he's going in there to do a couple of things. Number one, pray in Gethsemane. Be arrested by Pilate. To be persecuted at the pavement, Gabbatha. And then to be taken to Golgotha and crucified and martyred. And killed to wipe out him and all of his followers. And oh, little did they know that on the other side of that cross, there was a tomb. And on the other side of that tomb, there was a stone rolled away. And he would arise from the dead, ascend back into heaven, and save a bunch of people like you and I. Glory. And then one day come to receive us and come to rule and to reign. And something happened to foreshadow that. And the people that were a part of it did not even realize what they were doing. One day they said, when is this Jesus man coming back to Jerusalem? I bet he won't come back here knowing that Pilate. Knowing that, knowing the high priest, knowing those that are against him. I bet he never walks back in. If he does, I bet he sneaks in the back door. And all of a sudden, one of them said, What is that that I hear? Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Well, who in the world could that be? And coming right downtown Jerusalem, Main Street. Not in the back door, but for the whole world to see him. Is this Jesus, man? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he's riding on a little old simple pencil-tailed donkey. And boy, they're waving their palm branches. They're throwing their clothes in the way, their coats in the way. 
And as he goes by riding that little donkey, he's going to the garden, he's going to Pilate, he's going to the pavement, he's going to the cross, and he's going to the tomb. That was just a foreshadow of the Messiah, the Redeemer, coming to Jerusalem. And those people standing there thought, well, this is a wonderful event to observe in history. Here he comes. Coming on a little donkey, coming to be humiliated, come to be crucified, coming to be spised and rejected and tossed and sealed in a grave. But what they did not know, that was a little taste and foreshadow. Because he's coming back to Jerusalem again. And he's not going to go through the back door. But he's coming out of the clouds of glory. Going to start on the Mount of Olives. Come through that Kidron Valley. Amen. Amen. They won't be waving palm branches. They'll be casting crowns at his feet. And he's not going to the garden. And he's not going to Pilate. And he's not going to the pavement. And he's not going to the hillside where the cross is. He's not going to the garden where the tomb is. You say, where is he going? It's going to be different the next time. He's going to the throne to rule and to reign as the king of every king and the Lord of every Lord. Let me just tell you something. He is the good shepherd and he is the Lamb of God and he is the friend of sinners and he's the lowly savior he is the great example from Galilee but he's a thousand times more than that he's the king of every king he's the lord of every lord hallelujah praise the lord the lord God omnipotent he reigneth and you go to the grave today of every founder of every man made religion The founder is occupying his own grave. And if you're brave enough to go to Jerusalem right now, help yourself. Somebody said that tour y'all planning next year in Jerusalem, what happened to that? Is what happened to that. I'm going into rapture and I'm going in millennium. And if they'll quit throwing bombs at one another, I may go one more time. But I want to come back one more time. But ladies and gentlemen, you listen to me. Listen to me. One day, every, every, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If I put my faith and my trust in anybody, anything besides him, it's a dead end street. But if I will put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ, I'll have a home in heaven. And I will be there through all eternity. And I will be in that number that lifts their voice And say, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For the Lord God omnipotent. Man, we ought to break out in the Hallelujah chorus.
Well, it'll just break out in the hallelujah chorus. Anybody brave enough to break out? Help yourself. I give you the mic. Hallelujah. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being ugly. But listen, it ain't going to be Joe Arthur reigns. It's not going to be a preacher that reigns. It's not going to be a politician that reigns. It's not going to be a, 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 some religious historical figure of the past that reigns. Not a founder of a dead religion that reigns. It's not even going to be Peter, James, and Paul, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The one they crucified and the one they sealed in a grave. Thank God He's going to the throne and He reigns forever. Hallelujah. No one of the songwriters said, Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. He's worthy of our praise. His praises are resounding. His people are revenged. His persecutors are removed. His plan is revealed. And that's why four times in six verses, all the occupants of heaven lifted their voice and said, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe we do know something we could sing today. Come here, Brother Tom. I believe we can sing the chorus of hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I've heard the choir sing that a bunch of times. So, Miss Beth, give us a key. Brother Tom, you lead us. Let's everybody join the choir. And let's just lift up our voice and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for the Lamb of God. He's not that baby in the manger anymore. He's not the miracle worker of Galilee anymore. Oh, he's not the suffering Savior on the cross anymore. He is not the martyr who they're wrapping his body in grave clothes and anointing with spices at a tomb anymore. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the shepherd boy has become the king and the sufferer has become the sovereign and the servant of Jehovah. It's come the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Hallelujah, the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. Let's stand and sing hallelujah.